0: Start In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And one God, Amen. So, as you know, we have been uh, doing a series on um, reasons why youth are leaving the church, uh, and the very first one we talked about was sort of parental reasons why youth are leaving the church, um, and then uh, we talked about some of the servants, and this time we're going to talk about um, the service, the servants, and the clergy as reasons why. Uh, youth are leaving. And, and just as a reminder, um, this, this this project came about as a result of talking to a lot of youth, um, just discussing with them uh, this issue and trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and, and like I said before, this isn't something that's uh, isolated to the Coptic Church, certainly in all of the churches in Egypt, in Europe, in America, wherever you, you want. There, there seems to be this, this exodus of, of youth um, uh, the numbers are, are dwindling in the churches and, and dropping. Um, in Europe everyone bemoans how you know some they'll turn churches into like yoga places and bars and restaurants, like some of the old cathedrals because they've stopped having attendance. Um, I think in the Coptic church we're buffeted a little bit because we have this influx of uh, immigrants that's, uh, that's filling our churches. Um, and so what we're not seeing on the tail end on the other side of that is, is the number of people who just kind of leave um, because we just see packed churches and we think, wow, we're, we're really doing a great job. Um, and the question is, are we doing a really good job? and let's take a kind of a bit more of a critical look at this because the churches could be packed, but they could be packed for the wrong reason. they could be packed because there's uh, a massive influx of immigration. but organically you know what's actually happening is you have a diminishing um, Number of people in the church. Um, So I'll I'll just kind of read them to you. They may hurt a little bit, but um, you know, that's never stopped us before. So, Um, the the first one is the and and we've talked a little bit about some of these before. The Arab Islamic mixed with Puritanical right wing culture uh, pervasive in church communities. Um, So. One of the things that we found in the United States is when a lot of our parents came to the United States, they're all told, okay, so the, the Republicans are the, the, the Christian party and the Democrats are not. So what's happened is politics has become mixed in with our church, with Christianity, um, in a very uh, uh, not so great way. And what what happens is we've started to adopt some of the thinking of some right wing. Um, uh, extremists, uh, to use a lack of a better word, um, in the church as church doctrine. Now, uh, I'm not for sure at all telling you which party you should be a, a part of. You know, you want to vote Democrat, vote Democrat. You want to vote Republican, vote Republican. You know, I don't really care. Um, but don't bring that in the church and don't, don't tell us that, that God wants us to vote for one party or another. That's, that's not okay. That's not, the, that's not what this, this building is for. Um, and so once those, those ideas get introduced, it really turns off the youth, right? So, you know, during our last um, uh, president, um, there's a lot of clergy and a lot of people who are saying, you know, God wants Trump. Now, I don't know if God wants Trump or not. It doesn't really matter to me. But when a clergy member says that and you happen to be not wanting Trump, it's really going to turn you off to the message of that clergy member after that, right? So whatever that priest says after he says, God wants Trump, you're not listening anymore because I don't think God wants Trump, right? So that's just not the place of the clergy and that was kind of a, a Ill, you know, an, an unfortunate um, thing to say, but that mixture is just um, is not a great idea. And we've inherited a lot of these right wing ideas in the church as sort of the Christian approach to issues uh, whether it be LGBTQ or, you know, even racism, environmentalism, all of these things, when in fact um, we have to think a little bit more as orthodox, what is, what is our position on some of these issues rather than just inheriting sort of right-wing beliefs and saying this is the Christian position, um, because it, it, it may not be, um, to put it shortly. And we can talk about this later. Um, endemic hypocrisy in the church tone. So some sins are tolerated, and this is, again, very cultural. Uh, There's a lot of cultural influence in the church, and that's normal, right? Every church in any country is culturally influenced, and that's just a part of it, right? Um, and, And I think that's normal and that's healthy. The issue becomes is when you switch cultures, right? And then you want to maintain the culture of the country you're in, In another country, right? And the people who are you know, indigenous to that culture are just kind of like, well, this is kind of weird. Especially if that culture isn't presented as culture, but it's presented as religion, right? You know, I mean the example I always think of is you know, you know, my mom and ul'as and gitas, right? I mean, you don't need to go to church, you don't need to love Jesus, but as long as you have ul'as and gitas, life is good, right? So that's obviously a cultural thing, and that's fine. I like Oles, by the way, <laughs> right? Especially when my mom makes it. But, um, but don't tell me that's religion, right? Especially if I don't like Oles, and now you're like, you're obviously an atheist, <laughs> right? So, so some of the, the cultural aspects, like some sins in, in Arab culture are tolerated, right? Um, things like cheating. In Egypt, everyone cheats. Right? That's just kind of what you do. It's called fahlawa. And if you don't do it, you're kind of stupid. Right? If someone says, this is a thousand pounds, and you give him a thousand pounds, you're an idiot. Right? Because you have to bargain. You have to negotiate. And that's just part of the culture. Right? And, and if you... You don't just give someone a prize. You don't just... Everybody sort of lies. And everyone sort of cheats. And that's just part of it. Okay? And so. Uh, As such, we don't hear a lot of sermons in the church about, hey guys, don't cheat on your taxes, that's not okay. Because everyone in the church would crucify the priest, right? Because everyone cheats on their taxes, that's what you do in Egypt, okay? But there are a lot of sermons on how everybody has to remain a virgin until they're married. And there's lots of discussion about that, right? Because we live, that is a culture where that is a very, 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 very important part of their culture. That part is now in the church, big time, very important, Right? I grew up and we only had four Sunday school lessons drinking, dating, dancing, and drugs. That's the four lessons that we got to hear about, the four Ds. Right. So so we have to realize that you know the youth now are kinda listening and they're like, Well, okay, you know, you're really focused on this part of it, but what about, you know, my dad who cheats and he kinda lies. And there's a lot of arrogance and a lot of showiness in the church. And you know, some of these older deacon guys are out there just trying to show off and, and run the show and they're power hungry and nobody's saying anything about that, those aren't Christian principles, right? Well, the idea is culture affects what, what things we emphasize and what things we de-emphasize, right? In, in either culture, right? And so switching cultures, right? Now, realize the Coptic church is going through something monumental, right? Very rarely do, do churches switch countries, right? Especially after 2,000 years, right? So that's a very big transition, probably one that's going to take us 50 to 100 years to get right? at least, it's been 50 years and I think we're still on the way, um, but, you know, just something to be aware of. And, and some of the, the sins that are tolerated, selfishness, self-righteousness, hate, pride, greed, lust, um, while others are demonized, you know, and sometimes the clergy don't focus on uh, this hostility and mistreatment among church congregations, but would rather talk about purity, sexual purity and ritualism. Right? And again, it's a cultural bias. Um, okay, this one I already talked about. One thing that often bothers the youth, another one, is territorialism among churches and, cl- and clergy. Um, youth are discouraged from attending this church or that church. This doesn't happen much in our diocese, thank God. But every once in a while, you know, priests will kind of, you know, uh, with each other, and, um, that's a word. And, uh, um, um, <laughs> insert, insert archdeacon with a paw like a cat, um, and and this of course is very you know the, uh, discouraging to youth, right? If you know the, the obvious answer is if you know if the priests can't get along, then how are we supposed to get along, right? And if and if someone priest is telling me don't go to that church, go to this church, and don't go to their church, go to our church. There's no place for that, right? This isn't, That isn't Christianity. We're not a sect. We're not a cult. We're not a you know, territorial group of people. Any place you find God is a wonderful place, and, and that should be encouraged. Um, do a better job of outlining what confession is and what confession is not. Um, it's not a mechanical listing of debits and credits. It's a way for me to find the love of God, right? And the only way I find the love of God is when God forgives me, and then I get it. Right? And so in that, in that uh, relationship with thank you, Henry, with, in that relationship with uh, the priest, I find out who God is, versus this listing of, of um, all the things I did wrong, hopefully they get crossed off, and if enough things get criss- crossed off, I'm going to win, I'm going to go to heaven, right? As long as I do enough good things to offset the bad things, you know, I'll, I'll be in good shape. right? So that me- kind of mechanical relationship doesn't appeal to young people. Um, a, it's not super Christian, um, and, and B, that's not the kind of reason I want to come to church. I don't want to come to church just because I feel bad about myself and I need to be forgiven. I want to come because I want to have a relationship. I want to have community. I want to have um, a participation with the people around me and with the priest and with God. Right, And that's sort of the, the thinking. Um, so an, another thing that, that the Youth c- uh, complain about the clergy. Is the clergy are not experts in everything, um, unless they're archdeacons, oh. um, and <laughs> they're expert in nothing, right? There he is. Okay, um, and they should not be treated as the CEO. They're to serve and not to be served. Um, and unfortunately, this attitude of of uh, the c- the clergy being the CEO, the, the the power broker, attracts the wrong kind of people to the clergy. Right, so unfortunately, you'll sometimes you'll see people, you know, young, young bucks uh, calling, following the bishop around. They want to become a priest because that's the power center, right? And you we see this, right? Gets to their heads and next thing you know, we got a problem. Um, and, and the other thing that comes out of this is when you're not challenged, um, you say your opinions, you say a bunch of things that may or may not be wise and next thing you know, it causes a problem with the youth. And once again, this is also cultural, right? So, you know, some of you know that in Egypt, right, the boss is the boss, right? And nobody challenges the boss. No one questions the boss, right? In fact, if you question the boss in front of other employees, he'll just fire you on the spot. And it's a he. He will fire you on the spot, okay? And that's just the way power runs there, right? It's a very pharaoh kind of thing, right? Either I'm gonna kill you or I'm gonna fire you, whatever power I have, okay? so. Um, that, unfortunately, that power, that, that concept of power has translated, A, into the clergy, right, which makes sense because it's cultural, and as an Egyptian, I expect the authoritative figure in the church to act the same way as the authoritative figure at work, right? So if, if I walked into a church and the priest was meek and shy and whatever you want, you know, in Arabic, which means they will eat him up alive, <laughs> Right? And the priests know this, so the priests know they have to stand up. And everyone says this priest is no good. He's not, you know, doesn't he's not firm, he's not tough, he doesn't hold us a hard line, because the people expect you to be that way. Okay? You come to America. And leadership doesn't work that way, right? Management doesn't work that way, right? Management enables the people beneath, beneath you to, you know, you want the person beneath you to take your job eventually. You want them to rise, you want them to be better, you want to enable them, empower them, right? That's how it works, okay? You don't try to suppress the people underneath you and make them look stupid so that you always look smart, okay? that's just not the american approach right and and you could see a company where the ceo stands in front of his 5000 employees and says hey guys i'm putting a box in the in the lunchroom anything i do wrong i want you guys to write me a note let me know how i can do better right? that's something an american ceo would do that is nothing an egyptian ceo would ever do ever right he would just say if anyone puts the thing in the box i'm going to fire you right that's <laughs> right so that that cultural aspect permeates then the church, right? Because now the clergy feel like, well, oh, that's that's how that's what a clergyman does, right? I just I have absolute authority. I have an opinion on everything. I talk about it. I'm I'm the man, right? I'm the guy with all the power. Instead of I've come to serve and not be served, right? Which is what Jesus said, right? One of the one of the beautiful things that uh, uh, Abunakrillo says um, is, you know, he'll he'll describe his job as the the doormat in front of the church door, right? That before you walk into the church, you wipe your feet on me, and then you go into the church, right? That's, that's beautiful, right? And that's, that's the way the clergy and Christ approached ministry. And so this really puts off youth, right? Especially in American youth, who then watches the clergy think they're just absolute power like a Pharaoh. And the, and the youth are just like, yeah, what are you doing? Like, I, I don't even like this, right? And they don't have that same respect for authority. You know, kids don't have respect for authority. American kids really don't have respect for authority. You have to earn their respect, right? So an American kid, you can be doctor, you can be whatever you want, right? It's like, I'm not going to respect you just because you have a title. You have to earn it from me, okay? Now, you can argue that that's right or wrong, right? But that's the culture, right? So the church now has to adapt to that culture and say, okay, I, I don't expect you to respect me, and just because I am what, you know, the title I have, I'm going to earn it from you. And when I demand it, even though I haven't earned it, you're going to lose the respect of that kid pretty quickly. Does that make sense? Um, Clergy and servants are human too, and sin. Clergy have pasts, and why can't they be upfront about it and serve knowing that they need the blood, that they need the blood of Christ just as much as the youth do? Right, so um, another thing that's again cultural is kind of this um, approach of 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 not exposing myself and my sins to my congregation. Right, so um, you know, clergy are often told, don't ever talk about the things you've done, don't ever talk about your sins, don't ever, you know, uh, when someone says, you know, I've done something, say I've done that too. Right? Because in, in, in that culture, if you say that, apparently, the person will be like, oh, well, if Abuna did it, then I'll do it too. Right? But in this culture, that's not the way that works, right? In this culture, when someone who's a leader says to you, yeah, you know, I, I went through that same mistake too, well, then that makes that leader very approachable and, right, and very humble. And then it gives you hope as a young person, right? Because, you know, the issue we have with our young people now isn't... Um, uh, it's it's just a lack of hope. The kids are hopeless, right? So I want you to think about you know all of us growing up and all the, the stuff we did growing up and all the mischief we got into and all the things we did wrong and all the things our friends did wrong, okay? Think about all that growing up, right? All the stuff your parents don't know about, okay? Now multiply times 10, all right? And now you're talking what your kids are doing. Okay, all of them, right? So now um, I'm doing all this stuff, okay? And the, the, the church is very puritanical and, and giving this very, you know, tough message of you must be righteous, you must be good, you can't sin, you can't be bad. And what, how do I feel as a youth? I feel hopeless, right? I feel like I have no chance, right? I have no chance at this thing, okay? And what the kids really need right now is hope. Tell me it's going to be okay. Tell me I'm going to grow out of this. Tell me I can stop eventually. Right? And that's, that's the more important message that we need to be focused on. You know? and, and I think you know, a lot of times, uh, 80 or 90% of our talks are at preventing bad behavior. Don't do this, don't do that. But only 10% of our talks are at what happens after you've behaved badly. Talk about repentance, talk about hope, talk about starting over, talk about forgiveness, talk about the next step right? And what we need to do is flip that ratio a little bit, you know, maybe not 90-10, but we need to have a lot more talks about, all right, you messed up. Now what? You're an alcoholic. Now what? You know, you, you slept around. Now what? You're divorced. Now what? You've done drugs. Now what? You know? And that kind of discussion in the church is like, oh, are you saying divorce is okay? Are you saying drugs are okay? Are you like, "Uh, no, but it happens, so let's talk about it, right? And again, we have a cultural taboo about talking about these things. And the youth are really turned off by this, right? I mean, you know, you know we've, we've been giving a couple of talks now on, on, on homosexuality and LGBTQ and, you know, and occasionally I walk into a church, <laughs> sorry, you walk at a church and I, and I say the word gay and people are like, you know, it's a sin to say that word. Kids, yeah. And I'm like, oh dear God, what have you been taught? Right. And so they're just shocked that I'm openly saying these things. Like I use the word pornography in a meeting and they're like, you're not, you're not allowed to say that. Yeah. Right. So that's the world they live in. Right. That's the ecosystem in which they're so afraid to use these words in public. Okay. And that's dangerous because I can assure you they use them in private, just not with you or the priest or the servants. Right, so we can't have that kind of cultural influence. That's gonna, that's gonna choke the life out of the church if, if we adopted this you know, 1980s view from Egypt to say, don't talk about things in the church, right? We can't have that. That's going to, to finish off the, the youth. Uh, social and contemporary issues should be addressed openly and in a timely manner. Um, again, lots of issues that are circulating with the kids and talking about them and, and framing them for the kids is very important, right? Um, and not just attacking them, right? So, uh, you know, uh, you know the, the example that keeps coming to, to my mind is BLM, right? When BLM happened, right, sort of two approaches took place, okay? And, and what occurred was, you, you know, you have this social situation, right? And what a lot of people did was they just attacked BLM. Like, these people are bad, these people are wrong, so what? Then, then some of the racist comments started coming out, okay? And the kids who heard those words reacted violently to them, okay? So there was a whole generation of youth that were pissed off at all their parents, at the clergy, at the servants, because of BLM and the reason they were so upset is because of the reaction of those servants right where they just dismissed it but it should be something it needs to be discussed it needs to be talked about and it needs to be framed what the youth really needed was to kind of frame this in terms of christianity and say where where do we fall on this not where do we fall on this issue but how do i perceive injustice how do i perceive racism and what they really want to hear and it'll just make them so much more relaxed if you just said Racism is not Christian and everybody would just went Thank you for saying that instead I just heard an hour talk from a priest about how the BLM movement is bad and we should not go to BLM protests Can you just start with racism isn't Christian? Hatred is not Christian? Was that too hard? All right, and that's what they needed someone to frame it in terms of Christianity Okay, I'm gonna end uh, I have another list, but we'll get to it some other time. Anybody have any questions or comments? Yes? Um, A lot of the points you made, uh, you focus on the cultural. I guess my question is as the church is sort of self raising, sort of second and third, sorry? It's on. Start off. Should I keep the same question or ask it? Is, uh, the recording is my phone. Uh, thank God for the recording. So a lot, of, a lot of the points you made that you've identified as at least cult- culturally rooted or culturally influenced. Uh, but the church uh, as it grows throughout the generations and develops sort of third and fourth generation servants and clergy and bishops and, and patriarchs and so on, who are more American than anything else. Do you see the progression in a right way? Or do you see it as a little bit more of a mentality thing? Um, what are your views on that? So, um, uh, you know, I mean, the, the first point I want to say is the real problems that we're identifying with the youth aren't, aren't really cultural. They're just not Christian, right? So we need to root them in Christ. We need to root them in what's real. Okay, that's, the, that's the problem. Now, what's happening, and the reason I'm bringing up the culture, is because i got to root you in something, okay? So what I'm doing, if I don't root you in, in what's real, is I'm going to root you in something cultural, nationalistic, something, right? And so I'm, I'm kind of identifying all the thingies that different people are picking to root in. And I just want to call them out as, that's not it. But the 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 absolute problem is we aren't rooting them in something real Okay, so now how does this progress? Okay? Badly right because I, I tell a group of people You know something silly right, you know Something about you know menstrual cycles and and whatever okay, and I'm not talking about communion I'm talking about other weird things okay, and the girls in the room kinda of, you know, they all kinda of look. And especially some of the the, the I don't even say I want to say it's Jewish Muslim pagan teachings that are out there, right? So the girls in the room have one of two choices, right? They kinda of look at it and they kinda of go, that's really weird. This church is kinda of weird. And unless I get some reaffirming confirmatory evidence to the contrary, this is just not for me. So they kinda of leave. And so a lot of people who who think clearly leave. Right? Because they're hearing this stuff and you're just like, and I talk to youth all the time who are very smart, very spiritual people who are now left the church because they're like, that stuff's weird. And the stuff they tell me, I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely weird. Right? None of this makes any sense. The problem is the people who stay. Many of the people who stay kind of hear these really crazy things and go, yeah, that's my God. That's the God I like. Right? This, this guy, you know, the guy who's gonna burn you because the ship ship is upside down, right? You guys know the ship ship being upside down? That's haram, by the way. Naked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, that's why your life is naked, because you don't know about the ship ship. Right? So, so then there's the people who, like, yes, God gets angry about ship ships. That's my God. I love that guy. In fact, my Sunday school lesson next week ship ships in Jesus right so now we have this like we have this 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 you know self-perpetuating cycle right the people are like this is weird I'm done leave and those are people you want to keep and then the people who stay are all just kind of not all of them are perpetuating some of this stuff you know I mean I had a girl she's 21 and she started talking to me about a lesson she wanted to give on on jinx and envy, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then she starts saying some pagan stuff about the evil eye and how it comes in threes and how I can give the evil eye to someone and someone gave me the evil eye, and and she was going to teach us in a Sunday school lesson. And I'm like, you're you're born in America, right? <laughs> you know, but this is right. So so she's going to perpetuate. This is what my mom taught me. I'm going to perpetuate this stuff, right? So. I had to shake her violently, you know, when you shake a baby. Um, that was a joke. No, it's terrible. That's Not a good joke. Okay. All right. Too soon? Fine. Um, anyway, so that, that's, that's the issue. That, that's what's happening and in the future, right? You know, we're shedding a lot of people, and then you see, like, the militant, you know, the militants hold on to power, right? And they see people, they're older people holding on to power, and like, this is what you do in the church. You hold on to power. I was, uh, I shouldn't bring up this story. Okay. Um, (laughs) Too close. Too close. Um, Anyway, I'll stop. Uh, Any other questions, comments? Anything else I could vaguely start to answer, then stop. You don't know about ship-ship? Ask half these people. They'll tell you about ship-ships. All right. Glory be to God forever. Amen. Let's stand up and pray. Make us really say all thanksgiving, our Father who art in heaven.